Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 306, and we are moving right along with looking at the different banks that have failed in the United States. And again, we are looking at from the year 2023 all the way back to the year 2000. Once we cover all of those banks and take a look at why did they fail and how did this affect workers and workers' rights and just the economy in general, then we will take a look at banks prior to that because I think it's important to see the trends because trends typically tell you They're not going to tell you everything, but they can kind of let you know, hey, this is what happens when you do this. So if you don't want a bad outcome, don't do this. Or if you want a good outcome, do something else kind of thing. So for today, we're going to take a look at the First Republic Bank of San Francisco, California. But before we dive into that bank failure, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We love to see you here. So a big shout out to Virginia, Oklahoma, California, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, Illinois, British Columbia, Florida, New Jersey, Oregon, Georgia, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, Arizona, Ohio, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Washington, Alabama, Nebraska, Utah, the District of Columbia, also known as DC, aka the Swamp, let's drain it. The next big shout out is to Mississippi, Kansas, North Carolina, Tennessee, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Louisiana, Hawaii, Nevada, Maryland, New Mexico, Idaho, Michigan, Iowa, Alberta, Ontario, New Brunswick, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Manitoba, Newfoundland and Labrador, as well as Nova Scotia. In terms of countries, the United States, Singapore, Canada, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, Australia, the Netherlands, India, China, South Africa, Niger, Slovakia, Japan, Denmark, Uzbekistan, the Federated States of Micronesia, the Philippines, Bangladesh, Hong Kong and Greece. Good to see all of you. Okay, so again, we're taking a look at the different banks that have failed in the United States, and if you're new to this podcast, you might be thinking, what in the world? The title of her podcast is The Endurance of Labor Laws, but she's talking about banks and bank failures. What, you know, what is the correlation? Quite a bit actually. So here's the thing, whenever there are bank failures, this directly impacts your wages and whether or not you have access to your money in the bank. It also sometimes determines if a employer has a bank or a bank account to operate out of in order to pay payroll. So this is very important. because this is why sometimes people make a run to the bank because either a they know who their employer uses for for bank uh, for banking needs and funding but also they might have an account in some of these banks so it's very important to remember that these things directly impact your labor they directly impact your job they directly impact i would say your wages and also our currency just in general the currency of the united states because whenever there is a bank failure another bank if possible they they have to swoop in and help them if they can and if they want to it's not always the case we have seen through this list there are several banks that no one wanted to help them and again the reason why is because that means their their books and their financial instability was so bad it was beyond repair So it just stayed with the FDIC, which means we, the American taxpayer, are paying 
for that bank's stupidity and mistakes whenever they fail like that. Whereas whenever they fail and another bank comes in and buys them out or takes them over, that financial institution that is taking them over is the one that is assuming the risk as well as the FDIC fund, which means you and me, the American taxpayer. So this is why these things are so important. Cuz you know, it's one thing to say, "Oh, I want lower taxes." Well, here's the thing. If we have a bunch of banks that are failing and they're not being responsible, that directly impacts our taxes as well because it takes tax dollars in order to fund the FDIC fund. You know that sticker that's at the bank when it says that your deposit or your account is insured up to $250,000. The reason why it is insured up to $250,000 is because the FDIC has a fund via the federal government via the American taxpayer that is funding it. So that's why sometimes our taxes go up. It's because we have a lot of idiots and a lot of morons working at these banks, working in financial institutions that are not making very good decisions. But also, this is a two-sided coin. Many of these banks were forced to give loans to people that should not have had access to loans. And that was specifically during uh I would say Clinton, uh the Clinton years and also uh Obama. So, you know, kind of like that that housing crisis, a lot of that was caused by the Obama administration because they were forcing banks, they were forcing lenders to give loans to people that they really had no way of repaying it. So, they were basically these lenders and these financial institutions were being forced via our federal government to just basically give out money and it's not free money. The only thing that is free is forgiveness from God and and God's grace. That's the only thing that's free on this planet and within our solar system or our universe. Everything else costs money. There there are consequences. So let's take a look at why this bank failed or you know what the the official press release is. And again, this is the First Republic Bank of San Francisco, California. And let me back up a moment. So this bank, it was acquired by JP Morgan Chase Bank and it closed um the First Republic Bank of San Francisco, California. It closed May 1st. but JP Morgan Chase Bank bought them out assumed all their debt and their loans so basically anyone that had a bank account with First Republic Bank they then were converted to having a JP Morgan Chase bank account or loan so that's why things transition here so here's the official press release from the FDIC It says First Republic Bank of San Francisco, California was closed today and this is May 1st, 2023. Was closed today by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation, which appointed the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, also known as FDIC, as receiver to protect depositors. The FDIC is entering into a purchase and assumption agreement with JP Morgan Chase Bank National Association of Columbus, Ohio to assume all of the deposits and substantially, sorry I can't say, substantially all of the assets of First Republic Bank. JP Morgan Chase can't say JP Morgan Chase Bank National Association submitted a bid for all of First Republic Bank's deposits. That means that they probably had to submit a bid 
and so did other banks and it's just that JP Morgan won the bid. So they're like, "Hey, we will take a risk. We will stick out our neck here on this and we're going to submit a bid." And then the FDIC basically picks whose bid is the winning bid. It's not just because they submit a bid that they automatically get to take over another bank. That's not how it works. It has to be legal. It has to be by the book. So that's why it's like that. It says as part of the transaction, First Republic Bank's 84 offices in 8 states will reopen as branches of Chase Bank National Association. and they will do that during normal business hours it says all depositors of first republic bank will become depositors of jp morgan chase bank national association and will have full access to all of their deposits but here's the thing that's also up to $250,000 so you have to be careful with this wording because i guarantee you if someone had like 5 million dollars in their bank and this bank failed or in their bank account and this bank failed they're only going to have access to that 250k and it's up to the bank that is acquiring them to cover that that additional money above and beyond the 250k like it, it's a financial risk is what i'm saying and they don't have to they don't have to do this even though there are a lot of people that don't like JP Morgan Chase Bank for whatever reason they are taking on a tremendous risk and we will talk about that in just a moment It says deposits will continue to be insured by the FDIC again up to $250,000, okay? And customers do not need to change their banking relationship in order to retain their deposit insurance coverage up to here we go applicable limits. So before all of that, they never said up to the limit. And they've never given the dollar amount. The dollar amount is $250,000. You'd be surprised how The FDIC and some of these other uh, institutions, these federal agencies, they're they're very specific sometimes when they have a press release and they want you to think that oh, all of your funds are protected. They're actually not. It's only up to 250k. That's why they said there's no need to change their banking relationship uh to retain um their deposit insurance coverage. That's not true. It's only up to $250,000. Goes on to say customers of First Republic Bank should continue to use their existing branch, yeah, right, until they receive notice from JP Morgan Chase Bank National Association that it has completed systems changes to allow other JP Chase or JP Chase Bank National Association branches to process their accounts as well. So they're basically saying, don't pull your money out. because we just acquired this bank so they it's like they don't want and I understand why they don't want a double bank failure so they're concerned so JP Chase Bank I'm just going to say Chase Bank Chase Bank doesn't want people to make a run on the bank that's why they're having the FDIC make a public notice or a public statement do not take your money out even though you should when something like this happens and you need to get it out quickly goes on to say as of April 13th 2023 First Republic Bank had approximately get this 229.1 billion dollars in total assets and 103.9 billion dollars in total deposits so their their deposits are less than their assets so there there is definitely a imbalance there so they don't have enough to cover loans especially ones that are being defaulted 
So there's there's risky bank management going on here in the billions of dollars. That's really bad. Goes on to say in addition to assuming all of the deposits, uh JP Morgan, Chase Bank, National Association agreed to purchase all of First Republic Bank's assets. That's probably very expensive. The FDIC and Chase Bank are also entering into a loss share transaction on single family residential and commercial loans it purchased of the former First Republic Bank. The FDIC as receiver and JP Morgan Chase Bank National Association will share in the losses and potential of recoveries on the loans covered by the loss share agreement. The loss share transaction is projected to maximize recoveries on the assets by keeping them in the private sector. Good luck with that. Um the transaction is also expected to minimize disruptions for loan customers. So basically, um the the bank is defaulted, but you can't default. So just because your bank goes under, that doesn't mean that for some stupid reason you don't have to continue to pay your loan. So basically the the bank can act stupid but you can't. Here's the thing, nobody should be acting stupid. So this bank did some really bad things, very risky behavior. But yet they they're putting all this burden on their customers. That's what's happening and that's not right. Goes on to say in additional or in addition, JP Morgan Chase Bank National Association will assume all qualified financial contracts. No wonder because they're qualified. So um not surprising there. Goes on to say the resolution of First Republic Bank involved a highly competitive bidding process. I'm not surprised because you're talking billions of dollars in loans. So that means that whoever takes them over can make a lot of money in loans and fees. That's why it says here uh, involved a highly competitive bidding process and resulted in a transaction consistent with the least cost requirements of the Federal Deposit Insurance Act. The FDIC estimates that the cost, the financial cost that is, to the deposit insurance fund will be about 13 billion dollars. This is an estimate. and the final cost will be determined when the FDIC terminates the receivership. So even though JP Morgan is is coming in and saving this bank, we the taxpayer via the FDIC deposit insurance fund, we're on the hook for 13 billion dollars for the stupidity of this bank in California. So for all those that think that California is perfect and flawless, never makes any mistakes, I got news for you. California makes mistakes all the time. Why? Because they act socialist in a capitalistic society. And that is very stupid and this bank made a lot of bad decisions cuz just think about they they are dealing with billions of dollars. billions and they only have 84 branches they only have 84 branch offices that is very risky behavior here's the thing this bank failure no bank failures just fall out of the sky there's always something that precedes it and unfortunately this stupid bank first republic bank of san francisco california cost the american taxpayer 
$13 billion in a financial loss. And here's the thing. If it wasn't for J.P. Morgan, it probably would have cost the FDIC $229.1 billion in losses. If the FDIC had taken over all of that responsibility, it would have been very catastrophic. So for those that think that Chase Bank is just completely bad, they're not. They put their neck out on the line for almost $300 billion. That says a lot. And out of almost $300 billion, Chase Bank only got 84 offices in eight states. That is not very much property. That's not very much real estate. That's not very many employees. Think about it. Only 84 offices in eight states. And they racked up almost $300 billion in a big mess. That says that multiple people were doing bad things at many offices in eight states in the United States. And for some stupid reason, California likes to act like you know that they can tell the rest of the United States what to do. They act like the rest of us are just a bunch of country bumpkins. We are not. We are not. It kind of reminds me of whenever you know I go to the store and you know maybe I'm buying stickers or something. Or maybe uh a type of cleaner or something. I don't know. I'm just making this up. And California likes to make it seem like th- that they are the be all and end all and testing all these products and seeing if it causes cancer. So it says basically on the bottom of any product that California puts their stupid little label on it. Um basically, yes, you can buy this, but per California testing, we have found that this causes infertility, excuse me, and it causes cancer. And it's like, really? Um if it really does that, then why hasn't the federal government pulled it from the shelves? See, the state of California likes to scare people and they like to make it seem like they are Washington DC. They are not. California is oh my gosh, just inflation city. I mean, they they are just over their budget all the time. They overspend, they overtax. They hardly ever get anything right. And so I don't understand why there are so many crazy Democrats out there. I don't know. Maybe they're sitting out in the sun too long. I don't get it. But, you know, their state has nothing to brag about. They, they are financially bankrupt. They have been broke for a long time. And I'm talking about it at a state level. And California is a beautiful, wonderful state. They have really good industries out there and they could totally be re- really, really successful. But but they're not because they're Democrat. California used to be Republican. It used to be a Republican state, and that that's why things were were so good for a while. But the moment you get these stupid Democrats in there, they act just like First Republic Bank of San Francisco. They love money, but they can't be trusted with it, and that really says a lot about their lack of integrity. Because we're talking about, I think it's $229 billion in total assets. Here they have $229.1 billion in total assets, and yet their bank failed. 
completely failed. And we're talking all 83 branches. That's not just one bank making one mistake. It is the entire organization not knowing what it's doing. That's what this is talking about. If it wasn't that big of a deal, then the FDIC, the deposit insurance fund, will not and would not have paid 13 billion dollars to fix this, to correct this and and to try and basically save the consumer from the stupidity of these branch managers and these board members. See, a lot of banks, most banks actually have a board. Usually you have to have a board. You have to have so many people and you have to prove that you have a a successful charter and you have to prove that you have the money to be a bank. Well, they may have had it at one point in time but they obviously didn't do a good they they did not do a good job of of being continuously fiscally responsible. And one of those problems might be that I've noticed that people that are from California, especially the real dingling ones, they do not understand supply and demand. They do not understand currency and they do not have a clue how to balance a checkbook. That is rampant in the state of California. That's probably why that they, they just keep voting for more taxes. I'm like, "Oh, so you you just want to throw your money away all the time?" Like, you know, if you want to throw your money away, that's between you and God. I mean, that's technically God's not involved if you're just throwing your money away, but I mean, that that's your willful stupidity. But if you elect people to public office, that willfully and stupidly throw your money away and you just think you should raise more taxes you have no one to blame but yourself it's the exact same thing with this bank i'm not surprised at all that it failed and it failed so horribly i'm just amazed that jp chase morgan bank um was willing to take this mess over i was very surprised because that again that's almost 300 billion dollars that's a big mess like just think about in terms of of quantifying that like just think about what all you could do with 300 billion dollars just think about that and think about basically the the federal budget of all of our different federal agencies 300 billion dollars is a lot of money. I mean, look at this way and I'll close with this. What if a federal agency overspent 300 billion dollars and it was a total loss and the federal government, meaning you and me, the American taxpayer, in order to keep a federal agency, a stupid one open, we have to fork up 13 billion dollars. If not more. That's basically what the equivalent of this is. It's basically stupidity. <laughs> so, and plus it it just really punishes the consumer and it punishes the the American taxpayer because it is the American taxpayer that is fitting the bill for this. It's not it's not the rich people that you maybe hate or can't stand. That's why you shouldn't hate or can't stand anyone. It's not always the rich that are the problem. In fact, it's been my experience that a lot of stupid people are from the middle class. They want to be rich because they love money, but they're not willing to work for it 
but they can't stand being poor. That's a big problem and they make a lot of mistakes. They do. They just do. But I will go ahead and end it there for this lovely podcast. But as usual until next time I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Thank you.